Black Tree Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by Black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but it may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone, so listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black Tree Crime. Hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. I'm Kayla. And I'm Kristen. And this is Black True Crime. Welcome. If this is your first time here at the show, friend, welcome and hello. Nice to have you guys. How have you been? (laughs) We can't hear you, but that's okay. We hope you're all doing really well. We are struggling <laughs> but we're here fucking technical difficulties that and everything and its mother is happening this weekend yes we have our first live show this weekend in houston and we're really excited we're getting everything together a lot of preparing and that's why we've been so mia on social media this week so sorry guys but you know gotta get stuff together i'm really excited to see you if you guys are coming so yeah this case this week or at least today is pretty crazy. There's a lot to cover, so we're just going to get straight into it, and I'm honestly excited about it. I'm excited to see Kristen's reaction and what you guys think. Let's get into it. Okay. If you guys are familiar with this show, you know I try to stay away from cases that involve children. Well, this week, that is not the case because the killer we will be discussing was just a child himself. Join us as we discuss the Warwick slasher, Craig Price. Craig! Mm-hmm. You're using a lot of that. I'm going to say, why do I feel like I've heard that name before? Craig Price. Maybe you have. I think we have. We talked about it with Phil. Oh, yeah. We did, we talked about it with Phil? We talked about Craig with Phil. Oh, I don't remember that. Shout out to Phil. Hey, Phil. So, Craig Chandler Price was born on October 11th, 1974 in Warwick, Rhode Island. Kristen does not have a case for us. I mean, <laughs> a segment for us this week because we have a lot to get through. With this case, she'll save it for next episode. I'll see y'all the next time. (laughs) Craig had two siblings that he grew up with, with both parents in his life, and they both worked. So his father, John, worked at a Kmart as a manager, and his mother, and I saw a lot of different reports as to what they were doing. I don't know why it was so hard for people to just hunker down on something, but that's what I read. And his mother, Shirley, worked at the same Kmart and was a clerical worker. Okay. <laughs> so not hard labor, which is great. Mm-hmm. And the family was living in an area where less than 1% of the total population was black. Wow. Uh-huh. We know a little something about that. Yeah, we do. And with racial tension still high, the couple had to go through a lot and overcame a lot to give their family a stable, financially secure life. Bravo to them because um, they were clearly outnumbered. I was about to say I was really proud of the parents Mm -hmm. at this time. So from my research, I saw that Craig, for the most part, had a really good childhood. His teachers said that he was really sweet and he'd go out of his way to help just about anybody, which is, you know, type of kid I want my kid to be. Hi, Craig. And he wasn't. He was a he was a cute little kid. He was a cute little kid. Mm -hmm. And they said he was a pretty funny guy as well. He was the kind of neighbor that would go out of his way and like. Hey, can I help you carry your groceries in the house? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, can I mow your lawn? Stuff like that. So it's given country. I love it. Yeah, so far. <laughs> and in school, he did really well. He had good grades. He played football and basketball. He just was, it's giving all American <laughs> kid. So, yeah, it was great. He seemed great, but none of this lasted. Oh, Craig, how did you fall? Girl, he fell far. By the age of nine years old, Craig started to change drastically. For some reason, he started struggling with dark, disturbing thoughts about murder and death. This was around the time that he started drinking his dad's beers. Uh-uh. So he was sneaking beer. Craig. By 10 or 11, he was smoking wheat every day. And a year after that, he was doing LSD a couple times a month. Uh-uh. Kayla, I can't even imagine... How much marijuana has an effect on a young mind? Yeah. A 10 or 11-year-old mind? Yeah. Are you kidding me? And then LSD the next year? He's toe up. 
Toe from the floor up. By the age of 13, Craig was unrecognizable to his family and had a list of charges stacking up with the local police department as well. He was charged with robbery, stalking, drug use, breaking and entering, and even assault. Craig, what happened? Kristen, you're going to be asking that throughout this entire case. My initial guess is he was around so many white people and was probably (laughs) getting bullied Mm -hmm. at school and things like that. He probably felt alone and isolated. Maybe he did, but I don't understand why that would make him feel like, let me go break all the rules and the law and, I don't know, get a record. You would think he would just put that energy into something positive like he was doing earlier, but... You know, maybe outside influences had an effect as well. Mm -hmm. And some people just like to cut up. You and I included. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Craig soon decided to join a local gang. And with the insane growth spurt he had at the time. So he was around the same size as all the other kids. But at this point, he blew up. He was a little thick one. Let me see. He was a little thick one. I like a little thick one. I'm going to give it to you. I didn't like how I said that. So this is like what he was giving. Big, burly, tall. He's bigger than everyone else that he's going to school with and around. So he's feeling himself. Well, he ain't too much bigger than the one sitting right next to him. But I think that's a grown man. Oh, that is a grown man. Oh, that's a handcuffs on Craig. Kristen, we'll get to it. Oh, Craig. This is giving grizzly. <laughs> okay. It's giving if somebody's shooting at me, I want you in front. Uh, yeah. Because you're going to survive. And And I'm going to survive. Yes. Yeah. So that's what he was giving. He was feeling himself. Big Papa. Mm -hmm. His parents were completely against his behavior and were doing their best to reel their son in. But it only led to arguments and even more rebellious behavior. Mm. I read that Craig's mom was more of the disciplinary and enforcer than his dad was. So I'm thinking he just didn't take her ass too stern. (laughs) and because they worked so much craig was basically left at home by himself to do whatever he wanted to do Mm -hmm. and that's not good for a kid that's already showing his ass every chance he gets it literally gives him the perfect freedom to do what he wants exactly also i'm looking at myself on patreon you see it (laughs) it's giving a little bit of shaka and a little bit of con period it's not bad about it macy gray Mm, mm, mm. It's giving. I like it. Yes. I told Kayla (laughs) she needs to take her pregnant photos in this week. (laughs) Okay. Not only was Craig robbing and breaking into people's houses, he had a very inappropriate habit of stalking women and being a peeping Tom. Okay, Craig. Yeah. Way to show you're getting no poom poom. At 13 years old, I hope he's not. Oh. Well, if he's peeping Tomming at 13 years old, I'd rather him get poom poom than be a, a peep. A predator, an early stage predator. Predator. That's exactly what it's giving. And I'm like, because some people are like, okay, when I was 13, I was in people's business or I was looking through. No, this is not okay behavior. It wasn't okay when you did it and it's not okay (laughs) when Craig does it. But when you couple it with the fact that he was breaking into people's houses and assaulting people, it's just scary to think how quickly Craig's desires can escalate into something worse especially when he's taking hallucinatory drugs Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. nobody knows what he's seeing in his mind yeah he's fucking up his brain chemistry before it's even had a chance to To be like this is who i want to be that's sad so on september 4th 1989 a woman named marie bouchard was concerned about her daughter 39 year old joanne heaton and her two children 10 year old jennifer and 8 year old melissa because she hadn't heard from them over the Labor Day weekend. And that was unusual. So Marie and her other daughter, Mary Lou, headed to Joanne's house to check on them. And when they arrived, they saw Joanne's car in the driveway. But when they rang the doorbell multiple times, there was no answer. Uh-uh. So they decided to go in. And what they saw was unimaginable. When they first entered the home, they could smell and see blood almost immediately. And when they walked further inside, they saw Joanne. Oh, no. Lying in the hallway, covered with a bloody bedsheet, and not far away from her was 10-year-old Jennifer and her 8-year-old sister, covered with a rug in the kitchen. My goodness. Yeah. The whole family has perished. Oh, yeah. And this is solely because of, well, we know who did it, but let's just listen to the story. Rest in peace to Joanne and her daughters. Let's just get that out of the way right now because this is about to get really horrendous and shocking. 
Rest in peace. It was evident that Joanne and her girls had been viciously attacked and did not survive. Marie and her daughter immediately called the police to the scene. Upon investigating, they learned that Joanne and her daughters were killed about three days before their bodies were discovered. Joanne had been stabbed over 57 times. Unbelievable. She was bludgeoned and strangled. So everything. So they just did everything they could to make her die. Oh, yeah. It seems almost it's an overkill for sure in every sense of the word. But why? Why overkill this woman? Right. You would think this is a passionate crime. Somebody knows this chick. Right. That's exactly what I thought. But we clearly know that's not entirely the case. Mm -hmm. Both of the young girls had been stabbed to death. They were stabbed over 30 times, I saw. Yeah. Little girls. What are you stabbing little girls that much for? No idea. The youngest, Melissa and this is just horrifying, was stabbed so severely that the blade of one of the knives the killer used was still stuck in her neck when police arrived. And as if this wasn't already bad enough, Melissa had her skull bashed in by a kitchen stool. Oh my God. This person is sick. We're taught, Craig, when you hear this, you're like, okay, this is a 40-year-old man. Right. Somebody grown and off the hinges. Who's done this before who gets off on it, who has honed their sadistic thoughts and pleasures and knows exactly what they want. If if I hear about a person like this, I'm like, oh, he's under the jail, period. I don't care what he looks like, mm-hmm. what it's giving. Mm-hmm. How could you do that? Good question. There were investigators at the scene that literally cried after seeing what happened to Joanne and her two children. And the sheer violence inflicted on them really infuriated a lot of them and just set a fire under their asses to make sure they found out who did this and fast. Good. The Warwick Police Department had their best working on this case, including one of the FBI's top profilers, a man named Greg McCrary. Hmm. Yeah. So Greg became involved because the murder of the Heatons looked very similar to another murder that happened two years earlier and was still unsolved. Greg? Mm-hmm. So, Greg, we need you to come in here and shake some shit up. Let us know what's the point is in the right direction. Please, and thank you very much. So, speaking of this other murder, in July of 1987, 27-year-old Rebecca Spencer was renting a home in the Buttonwoods area with her brother and her two young children. Unfortunately, she was found stabbed to death in her living room, and she has suffered upwards of 60 stab wounds. Jeez. Mm-hmm. And if you guys aren't on our Instagram or Facebook or Patreon, you won't see these pictures, so get on it. But these women are of the root of the caucus. Like I said, the area that Craig was in was more so Caucasian than black. So he was just going off of his victim, you know, what he had access to. His population. Right. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. 60 times. If I just sat here... And did my hand like this right. to see how many times I would get to six. I mean, well, how much time how it would long, take yeah. to get to 60. That's a lot of freaking time. Yeah. A lot of time, effort, intention, cruelty. Who does this? A sick asshole. I don't care how old you are. If you're doing this, but you could be two years old. If you're doing this, I'm going to come for you. Period. And your mother. But Craig is what? A teenager at this point? Yeah. This murder was committed when Craig was only 13. Oh. Okay, if he did this, he has pure rage inside of him. Thirteen. That's how old Quentin was when he when we were like you know when he was with us. Imagine. Wow. Rebecca was attacked with knives from her own kitchen, just like the Heatons, and this made investigators feel like the killer didn't bring their own weapon and may have entered the home for another reason, Mm. possibly just to rob the place. But Rebecca was home, and the killer killed her to avoid being caught. That much, you you went haywire. Above and beyond what was necessary, dickhead. So I think it's like the overkill just shows like he's been waiting to do this. He's been thinking about it. Yeah. He, it's He's interested. Yeah. Or like he literally like starts doing it and then something just takes over and he lets all of his emotion out. All of everything he's been, I guess, pinning up mm-hmm, inside of him, mm-hmm. he let it out in that moment. Mm-hmm. So McCrary started putting together a profile. Since there was evidence to suggest the killer was robbing both homes, was trying to rob both homes, McCrary felt that robbers usually burglarize homes they are familiar with, 
whether it's a home in their own neighborhood or a place they've staked out and become comfortable with. At this point, it's definitely giving it was in the same area, the same neighborhood, because Rebecca lived only five houses down from where the Heatons were killed. Ooh. Yeah. Way too close to be a coincidence. Right. Time has passed, Mm -hmm. but I guess distance has not. No. The overkill aspect in this case also made McCrary feel confident that there was one killer responsible for the four murders and added that the, quote, frenetic manner of the stabbing suggested that the killer more than likely cut his own hand during the attack. So officers should be on the lookout for someone that had a bandaged hand. Hmm. Okay. Here we go. Right. Did you leave a little blood behind too, Craig? Oh, he did. Ooh. So with the information from McCrary's profile... They have someone that lived in the area, a bandaged hand, and possibly a criminal record of breaking and entering. Investigators have a pretty nice place to start. I mean, he I think he narrowed it down for them pretty well. I agree. The very next day after the Heatons were discovered, police got their first big break in the case. Two detectives are riding around the Buttonwoods area, and this is, like I already mentioned, where these murders were taking place. One of the officers named Ray Pendergrass saw someone familiar, a 15-year-old named Craig Price. Mm-hmm. Ray was known to coach some kids basketball in the area and knew Craig from the basketball program. Ray decided to ask Craig if he'd heard about the murders in the area, and Craig said, yeah, he even saw the bodies being wheeled out of the home because Craig only lived a couple houses down from the Heatons. Ooh, so, ding, ding, ding. Check. Mm-hmm. Lives close. Mm-hmm. While investigators are talking to Craig, they notice that he has, check, a bandaged hand. Oh my gosh, Craig, you idiot. (laughs) And when Ray asked him how he'd hurt himself, Craig claimed that he was drunk a couple nights ago. This is a 15-year-old, by the way. (laughs) Drunk a couple nights ago and punched a car window on Keeley Avenue. Like saying he was, I guess he was trying to break into the car, so he punched it. Okay. Okay. The conversation was brief, but the bandaged hand and the fact that Craig would admit to vandalizing a car. Right. What kid is going to tell a cop, yeah, I did this, especially someone that's already been in trouble a lot before. They're not going to tell you that. It really stuck with them. And in my opinion, I said maybe he said he vandalized the car because it's a smaller crime than like murdering three people. Right. So you admit to that. Maybe it takes them off the scent of what you really did. Didn't work, Craig. But they also fought with the fact that Craig was only 15. Bump that. Like, how could a kid commit such violent and dehumanizing murders? Just like he did. But still be described as a loving, fun, helpful kid by people around him. It's just the duality of it all, you know? So dangerous. Mm -hmm. But they went with their gut. They decided to keep investigating Craig. Okay, good. And turns out there was no police report corroborating the broken car window Craig mentioned, nor was there any evidence on Keeley Avenue that suggested glass had been broken there recently. Okay, period. So that's out. Mm -hmm. So his excuse for why he broke his hand was looking like a lie. And Ray and his partner, Detective Brandre, were becoming more and more convinced that Craig may be their guy. And the people in their department were laughing at them. They were like, why are you guys even following this lead? Like, he's 15. What the fuck do you possibly have to do with this heinous crime? And that's why you don't listen to the majority. Mm-hmm. You don't, you you block out all of the noise because that's literally what it was. Mm-hmm. And I hope they did. They did. They did. They didn't give a fuck. They said, we're going to follow this. And I'm glad that they did. When the crime scene was investigated, there was a bloody sock print left behind. And whoever left the print wore a size 13 shoe. Uh-oh, Craig. Big shoe. What do you give, Craig? Craig wears a size 13 shoe. Okay? <laughs> it's Craig. That's a big mother effer. Yeah, big boy. For a 15-year-old? I was wondering what his daddy looked like. Craig had a history of anger issues, and police had been called to his home multiple times to defuse situations. Mm. So coupled with his criminal history and his proximity to the Heaton home, they were like, it's time to get in his ass. Period. Let's Apply some pressure. Yeah. Exactly. So Craig was asked to come down to the station along with his parents to answer some questions. But Craig didn't change his story. He claimed he heard it by just trying to break into a car, his hand, in mm-hmm. regards to his hand. 
But investigators weren't convinced and they asked him to take a lie detector test. Wow. Mm-hmm. So back then, like, was that, could you use a lie detector test in court? So, no, you couldn't use it in court, but it was still something that they could use to kind of point them in the right direction. So, you know, to see if a person's lying or not. It, yeah. I feel like it's definitely easy to pass if you know exactly what you need to do. But Craig didn't know because Craig failed miserably. <laughs> and this failure wasn't enough to make an arrest, though. So he was sent home. Mm-hmm. But at least they know. Okay, Craig is up to something. Right. He's lying at the very least about how he broke his hand or how he got cut on his hand. And he's a big dude. Big dude. Size 13 shoe, lives in the neighborhood, like too close to the home, has a history of breaking and entering. Peeping. Come on. Let's go. So the investigators started questioning people close to Craig, according to some friends and some of his gang associates. Because remember, you know, he's... Craig is ganged up. He's throwing... Signs flagged up. Mm-hmm. Craig was actually going around and bragging about a murder he committed, but it wasn't the Heatons. It was 27-year-old Rebecca Spencer. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. The murder that had been cold for two years at this point. Mm-hmm. So he was going around telling people, yeah, I did it, and what about it? And he you was gonna be 13. 13 years old. Fucking insane. Stabbed a woman 60 times. Oh, I can never understand this. I'll never be able to. Now, this is what the investigators needed. This was like their first piece of anything that had connected Craig to Rebecca's murder. Mm -hmm. So it was enough for them to get a search warrant for the Price home. Wow. Yeah. Some, he said, I would say it's like what? He say, she say. Facts. But but it's Craig's people. Yeah. And these are quote unquote witnesses. So I don't know. It's a fuzzy area, but I'm here for it at this point. Right, for this person. Mm -hmm. So on September 17th, soups early in the morning, detectives show up at the Price home ready to execute that search warrant. Craig's father answered the door, and the rest of the family was woken up and asked to sit in the living room. (laughs) Everyone seemed to be worried, confused, shaking a little bit, just not knowing what the fuck going on. Mm -hmm. Except Craig. What is Craig doing? Kristen, Craig fell back to sleep on the couch while the investigators were searching the house. He fell back asleep. So he has no cares, no worries. Sociopath, no, psychopathic behavior if I fucking ever. He wasn't even scared. He wasn't even, like, nervous. He was completely disassociated with what was going on. To knock back out? <laughs> that takes a level of I don't care to even do that. Uh, sh- that shocked the hell out of me as a kid you're doing that that shocked me okay i was like i don't want to meet this man as a grown adult because how can you get more terrible than what he is already there's people like that living good lord hopefully not fucking near me period and while investigators are at the house kristen they find hella shit like what in the shed behind the house was a trash bag bag with bloody knives from the Heaton home, bloody clothes, gloves, and just a bunch of other shit. So, essentially, they had him dead to rights, Kristen. All of the evidence they found. And after being awakened by police while he's sleeping on the couch, they put him into custody. Kayla, what is happening? Well, I wonder what his mom and dad were looking at him like. Probably jaws on the fucking floor hopefully they were shocked and disgusted i really wish that that mama could have uppercutted him mm-hmm. before he left <laughs> she is a disciplinary which is why i did not say the daddy right but i need the daddy to you know get him back him something like what is tea what is tea your child is a murderer before he's even 16 and he's murdered whole families. Well, one whole family. Right. Four people. Four people, Kristen. This is... Uh, this I'm surprised is I never heard of this case just floating around. Like, right. just happened upon this. I was really surprised. And I wonder, for me, I wonder, like, was Craig high when he did these murders? That's the only way I can see something so egregious happening by a kid. Mm-hmm. Was he high? So that never came up in my research. I didn't see that, but possibly. Possibly, but possibly not. Possibly at the same not, time. Kristen. Possibly fucking not. Oh my God. 
After Craig was officially booked, he was taken to an inter interrogation room where he was interviewed and his parents were able to be present. So they were trying to do it as best they could by the book. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly, Craig almost immediately confessed to murdering Joanne and her two daughters. He was pussyfooting around a little at first trying to get a story together, but eventually he was just like, fuck it. Let me tell you what happened. I mean, because clearly you weren't prepared for them to even knock on your door. You still had just stuff that you killed her with in the back. It's either wasn't prepared or didn't give a damn. Or didn't care. Because I'm like, once I was in custody and had to take a lie detector test, they're on my, they're on to me. <laughs> so I need to do some getting rid of, you know, some something came covering up. And he didn't do any of this shit. I mean, they had you in the office. And you mean to tell me you didn't go out home and immediately throw that bag over a, a bridge or something? It's still in your backyard? Yeah, it is. Craig. Right. He's he's showing his level of maturity, level of disassociation. Mm -hmm. So here's what happened, according to Craig. Now, before I say that, Craig's father was in the room for part of this confession, but he didn't say for the whole thing. He became physically ill to the point that he had to walk out, go to the bathroom and throw up. And he didn't even come back in the room. And this is your son. This is your son. And he, you're so dis disgusted by him, horrified by him, that you lose your lunch. That's crazy. Oh, this is heavy. Mm -hmm. And it should give you an idea of what he is about to say that he did. So this is what happened, according to Craig. He initially went to the house with plans to rob it. He entered through an open window in the kitchen and fell onto a table, making hella noise, Kristen. So much noise that he broke the table. He's a big Negro. Big, I'm sure he did. Big boys, bad knees. Chris, Craig, you, know, you, you broke know what the table, Craig? You, if y'all see Craig, okay, he looks like if he falls, he might hurt something for real. He's liable to break something on his own body, under him. It's giving lots to work with. Craig, don't be trying to go through nobody window looking like that. <laughs> Craig, you should have known. This fluffy. And you go a kitchen window. Okay. <laughs> so he, you know, bust through it and didn't think, oh my gosh, I made a hell of noise. Maybe I should get out of here before I get caught. No, he didn't care. He kept going through the house looking for shit to steal. He even put on a pair of gloves he found in the kitchen. Joanne woke up from the loud sonic boom she heard. <laughs> the hippopotamus says sonic boom. <laughs> Don't body shame. We only body shame terrible people. And that's facts. <laughs> like, remember that one time someone got mad and they were like, I don't like that you're talking about how big his lips are. I feel like that's anti-black. Bitch, let me tell you what's anti-black. You hopping on my line even telling me something like that. Because clearly you don't know anything that we be doing over on this show. We love all people. But bitch, if your lips are big, your lips are big. And I don't and we black. So how are we anti black? Don't play me. I mean, me you can like be anti black. But don't play me like I'm a cool. Right. Because I say he has big lips. Ho, you're triggered by somebody else. It's not me. Because somebody told you you have big lips. Love it or leave it. Right. If somebody said you have big lips, I'd be like, thank you. Like anti black because I say he has big lips. Bitch, go on. Anyway, that really made me tight. I had to tell that person. Kayla be telling y'all. <laughs> Especially if it's on like some weird shit. Okay, back to the case. So Joanne woke up and she came into the kitchen area to investigate what happened. And that's when she saw Craig. Craig claims he panicked and grabbed her. He beat her and then started to strangle her. So understandably, Joanne's screaming, you know, freaking the fuck out. And her cries woke up her two girls who left their bedrooms to check on their mother. Oh my gosh. Eight-year-old Melissa ran and tried to reach the phone in the kitchen to try to call 911, but Craig grabbed her. He got some knives from the kitchen and just started stabbing all three of them. And during the attack, one of Joanne's daughters bit Craig's hand. Okay. And this pissed him off, so he decided to just bite her back, but he bit her on the face. Oh my God, Craig. A child. And it pissed you off, so you bit her back? Craig's an animal. Chrissy, he is feral. Literally. Yes rabie infected raccoon dog you bit her back all she could really do was bite you yeah i mean okay but the thing is melissa was fighting for her life like fought so hard that that's when craig grabbed the kitchen stool to bash her head in wow because it was just he he didn't expect he 
even told the investigators, I didn't expect them to fight this hard to, like, live. You idiot. What the fuck do you expect? I'm so proud of you, Melissa. I'm so proud of all of them. Yes, all of them. But Melissa, the baby girl, like, you better go ahead. I couldn't imagine the fear that they were going through and, like, that. It wasn't, they didn't, their fight or flight instinct did exactly what it was supposed to do. It was supposed to fight. So I'm really happy that they were able to do the best that they could. They were dealing with a 250-pound child. So I can only imagine how hard it was for them to overcome him. (sighs) Disgusting. That's heavy. Very heavy. Okay, listen. We like to indulge in THC every once in a while. There's a bunch of benefits to it if you don't know them. We're about to tell you it a little bit, but we do. And sometimes you can't be as toasted as you would like to be throughout the day. So you kind of got to microdose it. You got to keep it cute. When you don't want to be toasted, <laughs> microdose it. <laughs> Kristen and I have gotten some gummies from microdose.com. And Kristen, what are you thinking about them? I'm not going to lie, you guys. You know me. I'm back and forth with the whole TH thing. But with the microdose.com products, they are very light, Mm -hmm. but you still feel the effects. And they have like sativas and indicas, just things that go well with different parts of your day, the different moods that you go through throughout the day. Microdose gummies makes it super easy to get your little fix to your little fill and keep it moving. And one of my favorite benefits of it is the sleep aspect. So if you guys are interested in giving them a try, please visit microdose.com and use our code BLACKTRUECRIME for 30% off your first order and get free shipping. Did you hear that? Not 10, not 20. 30% off plus free shipping. What are you waiting for? You can find the link in our episode description or just visit microdose.com and use our code BLACKTRUECRIME. Okay, back to the show. Craig accidentally stabbed his hand during the attack, so he took off the gloves, washed his injury in the bathroom, and didn't even realize he was leaving traces of blood. Of course not. And then he also left a big-ass sock print, like we said. That's how they were able to find out the side of his shoe. Mm -hmm. He then covered the bodies with blankets and a rug, tried to clean up a little bit with some towels, but decided to leave because he was scared he would get caught if he was there too long. I'm like, why did you even cover them? What was that? Maybe because he didn't want to see what he did. He was experiencing a little bit of remorse. Maybe he felt like if they were covered, they would be less likely to be found for a while. Mm. Who knows what his actual logic was, bitch. Because I'm like, if he's showing remorse, then he may not be this sociopath that I think he is. Kristen, he is. If he killed a woman two years earlier and then kills three people two years later, he's a sicko. I know. And but sickos, sickos experience remorse. I know, but I said sociopath. I I thought that a sociopath is the one who emulates emotion, but they don't really feel it. No, psychopaths are the ones that trick you and make you feel like, oh yeah, like I love you, but really hate you and want to kill you. Sociopaths can't hide that emotion. They're just like disconnected and it's just gone. So he has sociopathic and psychopathic tendencies. Yeah, he does. That's a fact. So Craig took all the bloody towels and the knives with him and ran away and went home and hid it in his family attic. And police were actually able to find more evidence up there after he confessed. But Craig wasn't finished surprising detectives. When they asked him about Rebecca Spencer, remember the woman that died two years earlier, he admitted to killing her too. And he described it just like the Heaton's murder in too much detail. It's like he was reliving it but he also was so nonchalant when he was telling them he was like bored Kristen that he even had to talk about it he showed no remorse and was completely unbothered and he stabbed them that many times like yes who are you bro like what what is going on I wouldn't even be okay with seeing how much blood I created like obviously I would never want to be in this situation but how is he able to stomach what he did I mean, I know they're showing him pictures. Yeah, they have to be. And he's just, like, bored telling them what happened. Literally, like, I don't know how you guys don't know this type of thing. Just inconvenienced by it all. Okay. Unreal. Okay, inconvenience you with these hands. (laughs) With this ass whooping, which is what he needed. 
So naturally, investigators hate his guts, but are happy they were able to get a full confession and are hoping Craig gets the book thrown at him. But there's a problem. Craig was only 13 when he killed Rebecca Spencer and only 15 when he killed the Heatons. And since Craig pleaded guilty to the murders just a few weeks before his 16th birthday, Rhode Island state law at the time said that Craig could only be held at a training school until his 21st birthday. A training school. <laughs> and after that, he would be a free man and his record would be completely sealed. Are you lying to my face? I would never. Two murders? Uh, okay, so you mean to tell me Hold on. a kid in Rhode Island can commit two separate murders that are overkill, extremely graphic and disgusting, and all they have to do is be in jail or training until they're 21, they get out scotch-free? Yeah. What are we act? What is that? Who does that help? When you're stuck in the mindset of, oh, he's just a kid. But you were a kid like you you don't remember the mess that you probably did just to cut up just to be like i want to do something bad because i feel like being bad you know i mean i don't even know why people honestly i don't give kids no motherfucking passes kids know what's going on if kids are on tiktok and all this that and the third if they're old enough to be on tiktok quote unquote they know exactly what they're doing in consequences we can't blame video games and say hey well in a video game they shoot someone they die but they're still alive so it's like a confusing thing first of all if you feel like it's such a confusing thing that your child can't tell real life from fake don't let them experience that type of shit don't expose them to that type of shit this man was 15 years old you think he didn't know when he killed these people that it was permanent and since he was nine years old he had been thinking about murder and death so it's like there were signs, there were signs to get this boy help and he didn't get any. And a couple years later, he becomes a, I don't even want to say a serial killer because I don't know, but he becomes a murderer. If they would have let him out and he didn't get caught for the Heelys, he would have probably He would have done it again. again. Come on. Hunch, Chris, I don't doubt he it. Because he did it before. I'll rip this wig off right now, bitch. I don't doubt it at all. Okay, don't rip I the won't. wig off. <laughs> Oh, my God. This is outraging. Yeah. And when I tell you people were ready to burn Rhode Island down, <laughs> they, the whole little island state, whatever it's considered, they were pissed. And Shout out to Rhode Island. I know we have a supporter out there. <laughs> At least one. <laughs> but, yeah, the people of Rhode Island were fucking pissed and felt like there's no way someone like Craig should get off so easily for what he did, regardless of his age. And Craig wasn't making things any easier on himself. When he was seen by the media, he was talking at them, smiling, engaging. He even said, quote, when I get out, I'm going to smoke a bomber. A bomber. I don't know what that means. He's going to smoke a fat doobie? Is that what he was talking about? Oh. Bitch, I don't know. <laughs> we don't give a dog on what you're going to smoke when you get out. And that's the thing. He knows he's getting out. He knows the law. At least now he does. Right. So he's taking full advantage of the fact that all I got to be in here is for five years and I'm coming out bigger and better than ever. Way too comfortable. Way too comfortable. He lost yeah. a little weight there. Yeah. I think the coat maybe just wasn't doing him too much favors, but he was a big boned fella. He's a big boy. He's sitting taller than that other dude next to him. Yeah. Yeah. Bigger than most adults. Some adults. He looks a little slow. All right. Well. That could be a thing, but we're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. On September 21st, 1989, Craig was sentenced to five years at the Rhode Island Training School's Youth Correctional Center, which is maximum security detention facility. And he was also required to participate in intense psychological examination and therapy. But Craig refused to cooperate and refused altogether to even talk about the murders at his hearing. Yeah. So he said, nah, I gave you guys a confession. That's all you're getting from me. Kayla, who does Craig think he is? Who does Craig think he is? He's been here before or something. I mean, he acts like he's a grown-ass man grown and nobody has a right to tell him anything. Anything at all. <sighs> Where did he learn this from? I'm like, were we like this at 15? Were we like, you can't tell us anything? I don't know. I don't think so. No, we weren't. We weren't. Craig was advised by his lawyers to reject the psychiatric treatment because they felt like the result of it may lead to Craig spending time in a psychiatric facility past his 21st birthday. Because they think you're nutty. 
Because you most likely are. It's a possibility that you don't have all your marbles. And I'm thinking as his lawyers, I understand your job is to what? Get him out of prison. But if the man needs help, if you give a shit about anyone else not dying, why would you suggest that he doesn't get the treatment? Because that's not their objective. I know, but it's sick. It's like, where's your humanity? What the fuck? After they get paid, maybe they'll show some humanity. (laughs) Insane. By 1993, Craig had been at the training camp for about four years, and y'all, he was thriving. Yeah. Okay, I really thought you were going to say he was changing. He is. For the better? Yeah, he got his GED, was taking college classes, and was planning on getting a job when he was released. He was in such good standing at the facility that he was allowed to counsel other kids and was trusted enough to patrol the hallways. So then what the heck? What has changed? I think he just had structure, bitch. He had people holding him accountable. He had a routine, stability, things that he didn't really have when he was at home. And then when you have all of those, I mean, too much freedom for a kid is extremely fucking dangerous. It's actually the opposite of freedom. It's like a prison for them. In a way, it's sentencing them to prison if you're not directing them in the right way you know, way. I'm not saying that his parents didn't do that, but with them working so much and not being home all the time, Craig was doing whatever the fuck he wanted to do. Raising himself. Raising himself. Nine years old, he's drinking beers. Who the fuck didn't notice this? But, hey. Well, I like a little beer. But anyway. At nine, Kristen? Nine? No, not at nine. (laughs) Right. I'm just really shocked. Like, so so there was no mental something going on with him, you know, because if his lawyers told him, don't do this psychiatric evaluation because you might be in this bitch until after you're 21. Mm-hmm. But then he goes up in the training and he just changes his life for the better and becomes this better person. So it's like, are you crazy? Are you not crazy? Was it the drugs? Was it your environment that you needed to get away from? Like... To me, it's looking like environment. And that was it? You go from bludging a person to death, stabbing them to death, all because you didn't have a good environment. And not an environment where your your life is being at risk. Right, right. Where people are taking your booty hole or mm-hmm. jumping you every day. Mm-hmm. This is just you being neglected. In a way, I guess so, yeah. But you, it just speaks to the fact of how important it is how kids are raised. Nurture versus nature. You know what I'm saying? Like... It's extremely important. And he's showing that with him receiving some nurturing and some guidance, he's doing fine. Wow. It's fucking crazy. I mean, that is bad shit. Mm -hmm. Once news of the rewards and special privileges reached the public, people were going out of their way to make sure it was stopped. They protested and made it a huge thing. So the privileges were eventually ended. But Craig still only had a small amount of time locked up. And the victims' families, some police officers, and members of the public rallied together and created an organization called Citizens Opposed to the Release of Craig Price, or CORP. Wow, a whole organization. I know. So they paid for billboards, the CORP, paid for billboards that said, Killer Craig Price, moving to your city, beware. (laughs) Fear-mongering at its best but it's true he is a murderer he may be moving to your city you probably need to be aware <laughs> i was about to say i can't even i don't even know if they're hating or they are doing their due diligence as citizens because at the end of the day you know most of these people in these organizations are root of the caucus you know that his case was huge in their area because the victims were root of the caucus and he was a black guy mm-hmm. so i'm just like at the same time, I understand where they're coming from, but I'm like, is there a little bit of haterade in there? Most likely. Yeah, it, but he's a murderer, and he did it cold-heartedly. Four people are gone. Four people have been brutally... Altogether, he stabbed them, what, 200 times? And then he only spends five years in a child's jail? People are happy with that. Crazy. Which which the thing is, yeah, he was in a child's jail, but apparently that child's jail did something for him. The question is, when he comes out, will he remain the same person that he was when he was in there, or will he revert back to the Craig Price that everybody fears? We're gonna get to it. The Assistant Attorney General, Jeffrey Pine, was a part of the group, the Corp, and was quoted to have said, quote, there was something fundamentally wrong with the system that allowed someone who killed four people to simply go free at 21. 
And I agree. I think it's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. He helped lobby legislators about creating new bills to make sure minors that commit crimes like this are treated as adults and are fully held accountable for their actions. I can understand that. By 1994, the Craig Price bill had been passed, which Mm. essentially allowed judges to consider criminal records when deciding whether someone should be committed to a psychiatric hospital. So it's kind of has something to do with Craig. But at this point, Craig still hasn't gone under any psychiatric valuations. And I think they're just thinking at this point, we're doing anything that we can to stop him from getting released. So once he does do the evaluations, at the very least, he'll be transferred to a mental facility and not back in the in the public. So after the law was passed, Craig was ordered six different times to undergo a mandatory psych evaluation but somehow he refused over and fucking over. I don't know how this shit flew. I was to say, it's mandatory. How can you say no? I'm, I'm not understanding that. Yeah, girl. So the group against Craig's release decided to take their efforts even further. In May 1994, President Bill Clinton was in Rhode Island for some political obligations and was greeted by thousands of protesters as well as an airplane that displayed a banner that said, quote, alert, killer of four, Craig Price moving here. And they're like flying this in the air where Bill is. Bill would later say in a televised interview that he was not happy with the fact that Craig would soon be released and felt that juvenile records should be accessible, not sealed. Okay, period. I definitely agree with that. Me too. He also felt that juveniles with violent records should not be allowed to purchase guns. I agree with I that. I agree too. with that too. I think adults with violent workers should, should not, not be, be able allowed to purchase, to purchase guns. Weapons. What the fuck? Yeah. Also, shout out to the victims of that Christian school the, in Nashville, in Tennessee. In Nashville. Gosh. Shout out. About a month later, Craig would be charged with simple assault and extortion. What? Mm hmm. Apparently, he threatened to injure an officer at the training school. Craig. Right. Where he was doing so well. He was arraigned the following week and his bail was set at $500,000 and his trial was scheduled to start sometime in the fall. This smells illegal. I feel like something in this is, yeah, like out of all this time, now he catches a charge. Yeah. Inside the training day, right before he's about to get out. Right. Like They're trying to set him up for something. And then the month after that, Craig refused another psych exam and the courts were finally like, listen, nigga, you can't keep. <laughs> it's mandatory, mandatory and we've been really Craig. letting you play in our face and we're we're over it and if you don't take it you're going to be in risk of being in contempt of court and then you really go into jail yeah <laughs> but craig still refused why is he refusing so hard i think whatever his lawyers said got into his head i can't imagine why because i'm like if he gets the evaluation and they see oh my god something's really chemically wrong with him he's imbalanced he's mentally ill that's a service for you right but not for him because that would mean after 21 he doesn't get to walk out he has to now go to a psychiatric right for an indefinite amount of time which means that while he's there if he shows progress and if he's evaluated and sees that he can be reintroduced to society then he can get out right so i think he's really thinking at this time that he's going to be out by 21 regardless of anything i think at this point in my opinion fuck you craig because you did this to these people you're not even trying to see if there's something wrong with you all you give a shit about is being back on the streets and probably doing what you did again my my thing is craig a psyche valve could show you the things that may be wrong with you like if you were really 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 pressed and maybe in his thought he thinks if they lock me up in the loony bin i'm never coming out they're gonna feed me drugs they're gonna turn me into a person i don't want to be but at this point craig you don't have a lot of options dude like you need to be as humble as you possibly can while at the same time fighting for your life i get it but you took four lives you don't get to be out here telling people what you can and when what you what you gonna do and what you're not gonna do i completely agree he seems very stubborn he doesn't have much discipline or respect for authority other than when it suits him or when he's in a position of authority. Or if he feels like he's the one that's made the decision in the sense of like, oh, his lawyers suggested he doesn't do the psych evaluation. And so Craig made the decision to not do it. And I also think he kind of gets like a power trip off of refusing to do the psych 
evaluations too, you know? Like, I run my shit. I run my life. You don't tell me what to do. I wonder if he's a smart dude. Like, are you are you intelligent? Do you think about things? Or are you just running based off of emotion? Well, we're kind of going to get to, like, see a quote of something that he said. And it gives that he is of sound mind. Like, he's aware and he may be smart. So who fucking knows? So because Craig still refused to do the psyche vow, he was sentenced to an extra year locked up. But this time he would be serving it at an adult institution in Cranston. Craig still had an opportunity to serve less time if he agreed to the evaluation. So they were like, look, we're giving you a year, but if you take this, we can chop that down. He refused. But he was finally made to do it. And when he did it, he just wasted everybody's time. He lied. He just botched the whole thing. He's fucking himself. I'm telling you right now, before we even get to all this, uh, he's fucking himself by being stubborn as hell and Why? thinking that he knows what's going to happen when he's not. You're not in control, Craig. No, no. As much as you want to be, you're not. Craig's trial for the assault and extortion charge, remember that, began on October 3rd, 1994. They had five witnesses that would speak to the fact that the officer asked Craig to sign a disciplinary form because he was in possession of contraband. So Craig had been caught with a lighter and some cigarettes. And Craig verbally assaulted him in response and then threatened the officer's life. If he continued to work. So he said he was going to like snuff him if he came back to work. All of that, Craig. Over some cigarettes you weren't supposed to have. And you Let's out get here real. supposed to be motivating people. And it looked like you're going back to your evil ways. Counseling others. And this is if any of this is true. Because right, we saw that the member of the corp was police officers. Was assistant attorney generals. So... Who knows what they're doing behind closed doors to make sure Craig doesn't get out. Craig's defense said they had witnesses that would say Craig never assaulted the officer but did lash out verbally. Craig would take the stand and eventually came out of a bag, claiming everyone was lying, trying to keep him locked up, and the prosecutors were the ringleader of it all. He said, quote, The media has once again done a good job of creating a monster, not just a boogeyman, but a black boogeyman. Okay, Craig. But was they creating a black boogeyman when you sat there and killed those four women, those four, those two children? If anything, you created the boogeyman. They're just the ones that are keeping him alive. Right. And not letting people forget that you're the boogeyman. So, like, let's not do that. Like, we need to hear you take accountability for what the freak you did before you talk about what everybody else is doing. Because they may very well be plotting on him. Yeah. I but think he's making it easy. I think they are plotting on him. I just think, like you said, they're making it easy. He's making it easy, sorry. And it's just, um, it's not good for him. The trial only lasted two days and the jury deliberated for one day and found Craig guilty, guilty. on both counts. <laughs> Craig, if you thought anybody was going to have pity on you in that jury, no. you thought wrong. Two months later, Craig was sentenced to 15 years in prison. Okay, they got him back. <laughs> yeah, this is giving a setup. They got him back for everything they didn't get him for. They said five years? Oh, okay, watch this. Wow. So he has to serve 20 years total. Well, that sounds more like America. Well, okay, he was sentenced to five. Then he was sentenced to another year. Then he got 15 years in prison, with eight of them being suspended. So he only had to spend seven years inside. Okay. So at this point, he's spending an extra eight years in prison. Okay. That ain't even bad, Craig. You about to get out before you're 30 for murdering four people. Exactly. It's still looking better than almost anyone for you. So Craig's in prison. And it didn't take long for Craig's old antics and issues to pop right back out craig what did you do in february of 1996 he was rep it was reported that craig was involved in a prison brawl and in the midst of the mayhem he bit a correctional officer's finger i saw he bit the correctional officer i saw that he stabbed a correctional officer either way he was charged with assault and the prosecutor also charged him with a probation violation so 
when I read that, I was like, why the fuck would they do that? Is it because he's on probation from the time that he spent in the juvenile detention center? But he's in prison. But he's so in prison. So why thing? would that even be a thing? I'm yeah. telling you, they're grasping at every straw that they can. They can, and they're just getting, I think, really lucky with the judge that they're taking this bullshit to. And also Craig's behavior. It doesn't make anybody want to look into this and be like, no, that's not right. That's wrong. Yeah. yeah. You know, because look at how he's acting. All I feel like all of Rhode Island at this point is against Craig. Yeah, is against him getting out of prison after only five years for killing four women. Yeah. And children, you know, like when children are involved and how brutally they were. I mean, get the fuck out of here. There were officers that were crying at the scene. There were officers that had to leave and cry, like became sick. I mean, it was a lot of people would never forget what they saw that day. Craig was found guilty of the charges and sentenced to an additional year in prison. Rack it up, Craig, if that's what you want to do. Because at the end of the day, you didn't have to bite that police officer. No. And it's funny to me how he can verbally assault an officer and threaten him, get 15 years, but then actually assault and hurt an officer and and get get one one year. year. Get the fuck. Something is fishy here he was charged with criminal intent so craig was charged with criminal intent because of the many times he refused to undergo the psyche vow and i think he was charged with some other shit associated with psychiatrists claiming that he lied about certain events surrounding the murders so they're just doing everything what is this i didn't know i couldn't lie to a psychiatrist i was (laughs) this perjury what is it i was about to say what this is sabotage right it's giving that but craig is giving them all the ammo that they need yeah he's not cooperating he's not fucking cooperating if he showed them that he had changed and had been a better person in any way and at first he was but i think as an adult because now he's not a 15 year old kid anymore the man's 20 21 22 23 and maybe he feels like, well, the world is get against me anyway. Like, maybe this is giving him the same traumas of living in that majority white neighborhood. You know, like, where he feels like everybody's against him. Why even try to do good anymore? Which is just like, okay, but this is your life you're playing with. This is nobody else's life but your own at this point. Yeah. And I was confused because I didn't see in any of my research that he experienced a lot of bullying or anything like that. So I'm just, I'm, I'm just confused, Kristen. Well, I mean, as the only black dude probably in your class or in your neighborhood, you can assume he's going through a little bit of something. Regardless if it's not bullying, it's still some type of I feel alone. Prejudice, yeah. Yeah. So, but at the same time, Craig, I get it. We all go through it. Yeah. Who live in PWIs or who've been to PWIs, whatever. But, I mean, a lot of people go through a lot of shit. It doesn't mean that you just go randomly killing people. Like, fuck off It doesn't mean you show your tail. When you really need to be saving it. Yeah. I don't like how people hide behind their traumas as excuses for being fucked up or hurting other people. It doesn't make us resonate with you anymore because a lot of people are hurting. Most people are hurting. Yeah. And it doesn't make it okay to go and hurt other people. No. Dog no, it doesn't. Craig. Craig was found guilty of the contempt charge for the psyche evaluation and whatever the fuck else they tried to get him with with lying. And he received an additional... 25 years in prison. So, yeah, they're against Craig. Kristen, this is a this fucking... This is an institutional... Oops. Rhode Island's little law has us effed up, and we are going to fix that. This is like a twilight zone. Are you kidding me? You lie to a psychi- psychiatrist, and you say no to getting a psychiatric evaluation, which I'll let him say no over Constantly. six times. Constantly. And More you give that. him now mm-hmm. 20 years. 25 years and he'll only serve 10 in prison and 15 of them on probation it's just in fucking insane they're slowly piecing and taking his life away yep the year after that in october 1998 craig was sentenced to seven more years in prison after he allegedly assaulted a correction o- correctional officer y'all this ain't right i know what craig did ain't right no but golly this is fucked up Look at Craig. He was charged in 1999 and 2001 with verbally and physically assaulting an officer and received an extra four years. So what? He's at, I lost count, 14. So he had, in jail for sure, he's going to spend 14 plus 21 is, I mean, 14 plus 7 is 21. And then we count 
The four years they just added on? Because I can't. I can't do this math, and I won't do this math. <laughs> At this point, he's going to be in jail until he's 50. At least. That's what it's giving. Wow. Since Craig was sentenced to seven years, he's racked up, I don't fucking know, a lot of time. And his scheduled release was February of 2022, but as of this episode, he is still in prison. Mm. Mm-hmm. Craig's lawyer, Robert Mann, says something I found really interesting, and it's, quote, the test of the system is not whether some middle-class white kid caught with an ounce of marijuana gets a fair shake. The test is whether someone portrayed as a larger-than-life evil gets a fair shake. End quote. And I agree. I agree. If we're going to make laws and expect people to abide by them, we can't bend them when it works for us. And there's been a lot of bending being done in this case and the thing is is like who yeah rhode island's law clearly y'all don't agree with so then y'all need to get that fixed Mm -hmm. you know craig price should have been one of those people that we learn from that mistake we will never do it again and if he's out we're gonna make sure that we got eyes on him blah 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 blah. but to try to now make the justice system evil once again because you're twisting it to make your agenda happen that's not fair against a killer or against a person who wasn't killed but i mean who didn't kill but in their minds it's justified because there's the thing like justifiable evil and that's exactly what they see this as i feel like they have no remorse for what they're doing because he took four lives what's them taking one you know they're looking at craig like you ain't got no remorse so what the heck are we really talking about here which is very true so, like I said, Craig didn't do himself any favors, but what they did to him smells very wrong. It just seems wrong. There should I really feel like there should be a clear line between this is what it is yeah. and this is what it should not be. Yeah. And both of them muddied it. Absolutely. You know, the justice system that's supposed to be the righteous one. Yeah. Nope. Y'all dogged them out, just like Craig dogged out the four victims. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just able to justify it because in their eyes, Craig's nowhere near innocent. And he's mm-hmm. not. He's not an innocent person. But that doesn't mean you can jerk his life around whenever the fuck you want. You don't have the right. No. But apparently they but show apparently they have the power. They show do have the shit, power and opportunity. Wow, Craig. Craig, I, I bet you wish you never did it. Mm-hmm. And well, you might you might be getting the time you really deserved. But the way they're doing it is messed up. Well, Craig. What did Craig say? So Craig is not changing, question mark? Like, I think he's just given in to his natural Mm -hmm. instincts because on April 4th, 2017, Craig allegedly stabbed inmate Joshua Davis at the Florida institution he was transferred to after the prison fight conviction. In 2019, he was sentenced to 25 years for that crime. So it does not look like he ain't coming out. Craig Price will be getting out any time soon. And that may be a good thing because according to the FBI and local police, Craig could be responsible for even more unsolved homicides in Rhode Island. So they're suggesting he was a serial killer operating for possibly years before he was caught at age 15. And let's be real. You kill someone, you know, in 1987, go two years without doing it again. And then in 1989, you kill four people. Oh, I know. It's given serial killer. It's hard to believe that he escalated that quickly and then went on a hiatus for yeah. that long. Yeah. Oh, two whole years. And then you come back and you literally overkill three people. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But all I do, what I do know is, Craig, you're not coming out no time soon. Petition whoever you want. Write letters to whoever you want. Because he be writing letters telling people how, you know, he has been played and disrespected and just it's been unfair for him this whole experience and what do you, we can say yes it has been unfair but we can also say well look what the fuck you're still doing right like the only people that would seriously help craig are the people who say well craig's a bad person but the law does not deserve to be treating him like this it's not fair right so we're going to fight the law but we don't vouch for craig right that's what they should be fighting and Craig's probably like, look, yeah, I'll I'll write to y'all and everything, but it's a dog eat dog world in here. If I gotta stab a, mm-hmm. if I gotta do what I gotta do to survive in here, since I'm gonna be up in here, then that's what I'm gonna do. Bump the outside world, other than my pleas. Right. It is what it is. It is what it is. Until it is what it isn't. 
Dang, Kayla. Rhode Island laws have changed and... Of course. Thankfully. And if a 15-year-old were to commit a murder today, they would automatically be referred to adult court and would face life in prison without parole. Okay. So. Wow. That's our case this week, y'all. Y'all. That was nuts. I really wish mom could have heard that case. Yeah, mom would have been throwing shit. (laughs) For sure. Wow. That was nuts. What did you guys think? Tell us. What do you guys think? Do you guys think that Craig should be released? Right. Or do you think he's getting everything he deserved? Do you guys think five years in prison and being released to 21 was enough for him? Do you think the justice system did too much? Mm-hmm. Let us know. <laughs> we love you so much. We can't wait to see our people this weekend. What the fuck? And everyone else that we get to see on the tour in Brooklyn and Richmond. And we're just looking forward to it. We love you guys. Be ready to have fun. And and for those that we are not seeing on the tour, yeah. maybe you'll catch us at the next one. You got to. You just got to. We love you. And before we go, be safe, protect your peace, and protect your space. So, so we, don't we don't have, have to, to cover, cover your case, case friend. Period. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can stream all of our episodes on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even Facebook. It's the best way to help the show grow, and it's completely free. For bonus content, you can find us on Patreon. And for more information about the show, you can visit BlackTrueCrime.com. See you next time.